voice, but hear the whispers of your Holy Spirit. Amen. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Searching is up in our makeup, is it? Trying to find something or somebody that's partly hidden. You just sit on the bus and perhaps in front of you there is a, a young mother uh, with a baby on her shoulder uh, and the baby looks at you and then starts to move, will its head come out the other side. And once you react, a game begins, uh, the peep-boo game, and it can go on for quite a long time with a lot of giggling and gurgling. Older children do their searching too. Many of our older children have a, a collection, a selection of uh, electronic, but still that simple game of hide and seek, which has been played by children for centuries, is very attractive and gets the adrenaline going for children. But searching, of course, is not just a children's activity, it's a lifelong activity. Back in the 90s, Dr. Barbara Moore, she spent years searching for the secret of beating illness and even death itself. She developed theories about the benefits of long-distance walking and healthy food. On one occasion, she walked from Land's End to John O'Groats, uh, and she was eating only nuts and honey and raw fruit and vegetables. And she believed that if people lifestyle of healthy food and plenty of exercise, they could live to be at least 200 years old, or maybe not dying at all. Well, would it surprise you to know that her theories were flawed? She died in 1977. The eternal life was something more about uh, hanging about on this earth forever and ever. It was something much deeper than that, of course. The eternal life that Jesus spoke about was to do with the quality and the purpose of life that can transform our existence here on earth and that has another dimension life has ended, rooted in a relationship with God. But many people that Jesus made uh, and they search in other directions. Let me mention just one or two of them. You've only got to open the pages of the Metro newspaper any morning uh, and turn to those pages in the middle, and you find that the celebrity culture, and those pages so often feature people who are desperate for publicity and for popularity, and they work hard to achieve it through the entertainment industry. But sadly, the popularity and the security that they so often seek nearly always eludes them. And then there are many others whose lives are driven by money and profits and economic factors. Yes, entirely through the eyes of amassing wealth. And they believe that that will bring them happiness and security and some kind of meaning in life. And if you want to reflect on how deeply this affects our Western culture, I can only suggest that you might touch Bishop Justin Welby wrote about five years ago, which he entitled Dethroning Mammon. Dethroning Mammon. He highlights in that book just how well many of the attitudes and the values that have seeped into society uh, feed our ins for monetary success in the belief that, belief that that kind of success will bring us other people search for meaning and for purpose in the world of politics, trying to see how they can be involved in organizing our corporate affairs so as to bring stability and prosperity. But although their political activity may be differences here and there, that search for satisfaction still seems to remain a distant theme. 
Only just recently I heard uh, a lady interviewed on the radio and she was talking about how many years previously she had come across a certain political philosophy uh, be the thing that she really needed to search for in life and that we needed in this world and for that. Until one day she became disillusioned by it all. She put a lot of energy into following that political dream only to find that it didn't solve all the problems that she thought could be solved in society. And she went on to say that when she made that discovery, the bottom dropped out of her. And she went through a very barren patch in her life. Her political aspirations were unsatisfying. And then, of course, there are many others who make their search through human relationships, trying to find day-by-day uh, day, uh, comfort uh, through relationships. But for some people, that search is very painful. The most married is a lady called Linda Wolfe. She was married 23 times. Her first marriage was for love. Her last marriage was for publicity. I'll leave you to guess what the other 21 marriages were for. But for some people, that search for happiness caught friendships and relationships and results in a lot of brokenness and emotional damage. Well, what I want to say this morning is that the people who were living in the towns and the cities and the villages where Jesus mingled with people 2,000 years ago were no different. They were deep and meaningful. The reading that Wayne has just read to us came from John's Gospel, a long chapter, uh, and uh, it has much to say about hunger. But a hunger that goes much further than a hunger just for food. The chapter, of course, begins with a crowd of people coming to Jesus on the hillside. It was an isolated place. There weren't any fish and chip bed and fish shops there either. Possibly some people had gone out in the hope of seeing something uh, more spectacular once again from Jesus. But other people were, I think, a bit more discerning. And they'd gone to look for Jesus because they were hungry. Hungry and hungry spiritually. And just being with Jesus gave them a sense of satisfaction they didn't find. They looked to the Romans, the occupying power in their country, for stability, but so often they only found brutality and oppression. They looked to their religious leaders for inspiration and for guidance, but so often they were met with hypocrisy. And to Jesus, they found something different. Amongst all the emptiness and the shallowness and the hypocrisy around them, they could see something deeper and something longer-lasting and something much more deeply satisfying in Jesus in what he said, in what he did, and the way he went about life, and he was. And this occasion on the Galilean hillside was one of those crucial ministry of Jesus. Jesus is starting to open the eyes of his disciples as to who he is, a challenge to make a leap of faith. He's starting to talk about the difficult road of disciples, hinting at the hard road he is going to have to tread. And some of the people who start to leave him. But Jesus uses this moment of defection by some of the followers as an opportunity to challenge the twelve, the inner ring of his disciples. Uh, and he asks them this key question. Are you going to go away as well? And that question brought one of the most inspired answers and responses from Simon Peter anywhere in the Gospels. Lord, you have the words of eternal life. To whom else should we go? Earlier on in our service this morning, we heard words that Jenny read to us from Psalm 73. Who but you? 
and earth has nothing I desire beside you. And we've also sung the words, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. So I want us to ask that question this morning, is that our experience? Is that your Where has your search in life taken you? What is it that you and I are looking for most of all? We've looked around in other places for meaning and purpose in life and have been disappointed. If so, have looked long enough at Jesus. Perhaps we've looked to other people whose ideas might have sounded attractive and interesting, but who proved to be shallow or who let us down. If so, at Jesus. Perhaps we've begun to tread that road of discipleship with Jesus, finding it hard and being tempted to give up. But is there any easier that can give the meaning and the satisfaction to life that Jesus is able to give? Have we distraction and hope that come through him? For me, uh, the oft quote really hit the nail on the head at this point when St. Augustine said, Lord, you made us yourself and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Peter's rhetorical question, Lord, to whom else shall we go? eternal life that question is a very powerful one and speaking for myself i would want to take peter's rhetorical question lord to whom else shall we go you have the words of eternal life i'd want to say amen to that and underline that amen because i have found the satisfaction and joy and purpose and worthwhileness and to king a disciple of jesus to an extent in a way that i've found those things nowhere else and if that's your experience as well then i thank god and if it isn't yet your experience i want to say that it can be that will amen